Welcome to Lingerie Lowdown, the podcast. Your weekly opportunity to tune in and listen to the best review team online, taking time out to chat with you and each other about everything lingerie. Our incredible team have reviewed over 7,000 reviews so they know what they're talking about. Every week is different, from chatting about their favorite brands of hosiery to educating you about playing safe when delving into the world of kinkwear for the first time. So for open and frank talk on all topics surrounding the world of lingerie, you're in the right place. Enjoy today's episode. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode with me, Daisy May, on my series, The Vintage Glamour Devotee. So today we're going to be talking about a swimwear challenge that I recently did. Now, if you're new to this podcast, this um, series by me is called The Vintage Glamour Devotee because I am obsessed with vintage glamour. Now, there are these cool, fun little challenges that you can do uh, with Laundry Lowdown. And one of them is a seven day challenge. Now, for this challenge, I had a hundred pound budget. And what that means is I have to review one piece of swimwear every day for seven days that fit in a £100 budget. And at the end of that week, I reveal my favourite. Now, a new addition to these reviews is that we also do them in a hot tub or a jacuzzi, not a bath or the beach, like an actual pool, like a pool or a hot tub or something. Um, And then we give it a real proper road test kind of, uh, not a road test, but like a does it hold up kind of challenge at the end of each review as well, which is really fun um, and any excuse to get in a hot tub. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was quite a challenge. I'm not going to lie to fit the £100 budget, partly because, um, I mean, it's seven outfits, which is quite a lot. Um, five would have been a bit easier, but seven, it kind of, it, it, I kept going over the budget. So I did go for um, a company that, again, I hadn't bought from before called Sheen. And that was oh, quite a few of them were sheen and then there was another one that was from another brand that i i have reviewed before and that i love called playful promises um, and it was part of the betty page range if you don't know those brands i would definitely say to go and have a check little check out because they are they're really really cool um and it was really really fun because um like all the reviews of laundry lowdown they are always true honest unbiased reviews we're never paid by brands to say they're great um some of the things that um i I've reviewed before not with the swimwear challenge but other things the things that we even bought ourselves um so we're not always sent these things um they can also be things that have been bought from our amazon wish lists and things um so if anyone does want to treat me and be lovely um you can i have my amazon wish list in my bio um on my social media um but yeah this swimwear challenge was just a really really fun thing i have done seven day challenges before but this was um quite different and one of the reasons why is because i did the challenge but what i really wanted to do to tie in with the theme of the vintage grammar devotee podcast and with my aesthetic was to do um, a vintage lookalike to see if i could find because i was struggling to fit the budget i really wanted to do a couple more so i found a modern swimwear set that looked vintage or 
in my opinion, as kind of as close to vintage as I could get. Um, that review will also be going live soon. Uh, right now we're in June of 2022, um, but that will be going live soon. I then also did an expensive contrast, which was from a pinup um, dedicated swimwear brand called For Luna, um, which I believe For Luna bought out um, Esther Williams. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Um, I could be wrong there. Um, but oh my God, that swimwear, I have never in my life felt so good in a set of swimwear ever 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 there's only one other bikini that I love and it's made of latex and that's from Lady Lucy latex that I um I actually have reviewed that actually which oh my god go check that out if that's live I'm not sure if that's live yet but that's one of my favorites as well surprise surprise it's leopard print <laughs> um but the one from For Luna is red again surprise surprise more red if you don't know me I'm obsessed with black, red and leopard print. Most things I own are those colours. I've recently started branching out and trying new things, um, but that is my favourite colour palette. Um, and then another th review that I did after the seven days, so there was three after the seven days that are separate to it, but kind of in comparison, was a vintage one. Um, so I reviewed a true vintage, um, late. I believe it's a late 1950s swimsuit, which is amazing um so yeah it was a real fun way to kind of um test out a load of swimwear and give you guys something really fun and new to watch and to kind of I say discuss but listen to me discuss with myself um um so yeah this was in June and um we're now at the end of June um so these other three reviews um from what I know will be coming in the next couple of months so definitely keep an eye out for those to the subscribers um what I will say as well is if you do want to subscribe to Lingerie Lowdown make sure you use my discount code MAY10 which is M A E 10 um so May is in the end of my Daisy May name um so yeah, going back to the seven day swimwear challenge, um, there was a couple of brands. And as I say, with Sheen, it's, I kind of, my morals as like a person, I very much prefer to buy less of good quality than have lots of crap. Um, not to say that Sheen's crap, but it's definitely um, like cheap, kind of sweatshoppy vibes, um, which isn't really... Um, it's not something that I would want to have as a lifestyle of like constantly buying cheap things like that. Um, I really do love supporting independent businesses and designers. Um, as a creative person myself, I really, um, I enjoy supporting other people that have really honed their craft and, and work really hard at what they do. Um, but I was quite impressed with Sheen, to be honest, um, which I was a bit shocked by, because, partly because I didn't find the... I thought the quality would be a lot worse than the average high street. Now, again, I kind of stopped shopping on the high street a long time ago. I do get a few bits and bobs here and there, like Vans or Converse, or um, I get some like budget kind of basics for my wardrobe from Zara. But I most of the things I own are either vintage or they're from independent brands. Um, so that the quality of the things I usually buy is, is very high. Um, and one of the reasons I stopped shopping on the high street was because I didn't always find the quality was that good for the price. Like, for example, I, mean, I remember going in Topshop and seeing dresses for like 70 quid and I'd think, 
70 quid like I could just pay 100 120 and get something that's made by an independent brand of incredible quality of someone who's really talented who works really hard at their business and I would rather just support them and then you're getting something a bit more unique um which oh, I just love it's my vibe always um but yeah it's I just found like comparing Sheen to the high street I thought Sheen would be a lot worse and given that like some of these swimsuits were less than 10 pounds or less than 15 and I have mentioned this briefly in the reason I and mean, I won't go too much into the reviews because obviously you know subscribe and watch them and everything because you get to really see everything in depth but um you know when you're paying that everything was less than 20 pound you know most of it was less than than 12 so um I honestly thought the quality would just be awful but it wasn't it it, it was some of it was paralleled to like what you get on the high street and um, there was only one or two things that the quality I was a bit worried about um and you could tell they were cheaper and again I do mention all of this in the reviews um but I was quite pleasantly surprised I, I really thought it would be like the sort of thing where you spend £10 on something and you wear it once and it falls apart or the colour washes out in the wash um interestingly I have worn some of the swimwear suits now that the weather's been really nice here in Brighton in England um and yeah it, I mean they they're fine I've washed a few of them quite a few times now and they still look as good as when I opened them from the packet so quite surprised and I keep saying that but genuinely I was really surprised um and then some of the items like I said were from um well one of the items was the Betty Page lingerie um from Playful Promises and I'm a massive fan of Betty Page lingerie anyway they do some really cool stuff um I do tag them actually in quite a lot of my um posts and things on Instagram so have a little check out of those because um yeah they they do have some really really cool things and again I still think it's good value for money as well even though it's more than sheen so yeah the seven day challenge and then we had the three alternate kind of reviews um I have already put a couple of teasers on my social media actually so if you do want to have a little look at what I'm talking about when I say about the vintage one I actually posted that um well today as I'm recording it um but this will be a couple of days ago probably time when the by the time the podcast is live um so yeah I've been posting about that which is um yeah I'm also sending some photos to um lingerie I as well so um any of the subscribers if you want to see some photos of me in the swimwear I've also been uploading some of those so they go in the gallery um so you'll be able to check those out as well if you're a subscriber um but again as I say this podcast is all about vintage glamour um so one of the things that I wanted to kind of achieve from the seven day swimwear challenge was to kind of create a seven day pin-up vintage or like wardrobe so say for example like you're going on holiday and if you're like me and you want to wear a different swimwear every day <laughs> you can and um you can definitely do it on a budget um so that was I definitely think I did achieve that with the challenge um most of them did score relatively high as well um so it was really it was I would say a very very successful seven day challenge um I have to, I also got to pick everything I, I wasn't just sent seven things so I did get to kind of have a good mix of like swimwear and bikini and then like different bikini styles 
Um, and then I did try and throw one in in the seven day challenge. It was more money, which was the Betty Page one. So I did try and cover a lot of boards there. And it did have that kind of theme of animal prints and black and reds and fetish slash Baywatch, <laughs> Baywatch swimwear. Um, and you know what, actually, while I'm talking about this, like this whole you have to lose weight thing for summer um, thing about summer bodies. Um, I, I, I won't give a trigger war or anything because I'm not going to go into it in much detail, but it was really nice to just do a swimwear challenge being a curvy uh, girl um, and still being like, yeah, I can wear a thong swimsuit and I got butt dimples and a cellulite on my thighs, but I still feel fabulous. And that's something I do talk about. I've spoken about it in other episodes and in my reviews. Um, so that was really, actually, that was a really another great part of this challenge, actually, that I really enjoyed sharing. Um, but what I would really like to do is talk a little bit more about what it's like to kind of wear the vintage swimwear and have that kind of vintage aesthetic. Um, and I'm going to go a, a tiny little bit. I've got a couple of cool facts that I thought I would just share with you guys about swimwear, just to kind of give you an idea of like, how far we've come in some ways. Now, if you know me quite well, I recently had my last Instagram account deleted and um, I did have a lot more photos in there. They're all saved and backed up. I'm just getting around to reposting a lot of them. Um, but obviously anyone that's in the industry or if you know other people that have been deleted, there is so much censorship going on at the moment with uh, particularly women's bodies, um, I, you know, non-binary folks, anyone that really shows skin that has boobs and curves, um, we are penalised for it and judged for it a lot. Um, and I just wanted to reference that a little bit because I go into, say, go into the history. I literally have like a couple of fun facts that I thought would be cool to share. Some like nerdy swimwear facts that <laughs> I think are cool, and hopefully you guys do. Um, but um, yeah. So as much as we are kind of we've progressed forward with swimwear um by no means does that mean like the mentality's changed i'm just kind of referencing the fashion changes kind of thing if that makes sense um now the vintage swimsuit that i got was from excuse me um cole of california now this brand is uh was born in la in 1923 if you can believe it so this brand is uh 99 years old and my swimsuit is, I'm atrocious at maths, let's say if it was 1950, it'd be, what, 72 years old? Is that right? Yeah, 72 years old. Another reason I love vintage fashion is because if you have modern fabrics, after about five years, they start falling apart, some of them. They would never last 72 years. I mean, even this, if you know vintage fashion or how materials degrade, usually what happens with a lot of vintage is the 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 thread will go before the fabric um the cotton will degrade and break and snap it will weaken uh, quicker than the fabric itself nowadays the fabric will go bobbly and see through and it. it's just cheap fast made rubbish basically a lot of it um especially if it's cheap cheap stuff um so i was amazed actually given how old this swimsuit is that the stitching was still together. There's some repairs they have to do on it. And for example, like the cotton gusset lining is like wearing away or got holes in it. Um, I need, I, I do need to like completely renew it um, in some aspects. Um, but the actual base of the material itself and even the built-in cups and things, that's all I'm going to say about it because I really would like you to go and watch the review. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, um, 
it's definitely um it's really held up and and it is the most gorgeous leopard print fabric um as i say go and have a look at the images check out my social media and you'll know exactly what i'm talking about um it's the coal of california one and i do say that in the description as well so yeah as i say this is an la brand and it was born in 1923 now in 1936 they collaborated sorry with margaret Feligree, I don't know how you pronounce that. I'm really sorry. Um, I'm probably saying that completely wrong. Um, but she, um, she, from what I've read, she didn't get a lot of um, a lot of credit. Um, but she was one of the key kind of uh, designers. Basically, they they took her on as um, someone to kind of transform and. Um, not necessarily transform but kind of enhance and um she was like the the you imagine the kind of the designer that came in and put a new spin on everything essentially from what i read that's what she was doing um and then a year later in 1937 they started adding clothes to match the suits now if you have a google of brands like fredericks of hollywood or coal of california um any vintage swimwear brands and laundry brands you'll see the most amazing adverts with like three or four women all wearing leopard print with like mules on or like leopard pumps and they've got like capri um leopard print uh trousers with like a bullet bra and like a, a nightgown and oh my god they make some really really beautiful stuff like really be like lovely stuff um so yeah you can if you want to go and have a look at that even while you're listening um they really have some beautiful things like that um and then in 1950 they actually signed esther i'm guessing that's how you say it. it's e-s-t-h-e-r Williams um and I mentioned her earlier with the four Luna um but she is well was pardon me um an American um swimmer and actress um so I'm guessing that she was a model um for them um I could be wrong but that's kind of that's the only knowledge that I I know on that um and when I opened my Four Luna bikini, the one that was the expensive contrast to the seven day challenge, um, the red bikini that I review, um, and I've only ever reviewed one Four Luna item so far. I would love to review more. They're absolutely stunning. Um, that was what was written in the label. So that's why I think the person who... Um, Heather Bailey, I believe, uh, I think I've said her name right, Heather Bailey. Um, she's the person who, um, from what I know, bought for Luna. Um, and I think that's why it has that name in the label, because maybe she changed the name or I'm I'm not 100% sure. All I know is that the swimwear is bloody incredible. Um, so, yeah, in 1950, they signed that lady. And then in 1955, if you can believe it, they began producing with Christian Dior. So from when they came out to when they started working with these people, the, the brand really transcended. Now, in the, from 1955, I think that's when they really started creating these show-stopping pieces. Now, this vintage swimsuit that I bought, I got it on Etsy. If you haven't heard of it, it's E-T-S-Y. And it's like a, it's like an eBay for vintage and people who have their own businesses um, selling like things they make or whatever. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, they are really show-stopping, jaw-dropping pieces. They're incredible. 
Enjoying the conversations today? Well, we wanted to take a short break to tell you more about our website. Are you looking to treat a loved one or yourself to some new lingerie or hosiery and don't know where to start? Let the most diverse team of presenters from across the globe introduce you to more than 500 brands as we publish new and exclusive reviews every day. In fact, we have over 7,000 reviews available online right now and you can join us from only $9.99 a month. However, we want to treat you to something a little special for listening to our podcast today. Use the promo code podcast to get 10% off the purchase price. Best of all, there's no time limit with this code, so you can keep using it when you renew your membership. So after listening to the rest of the podcast, head on over to lingerielowdown.com forward slash join and use the promo code podcast today. Thanks for listening. Now let's get back to the podcast. Then in the uh, 1990s, they had a range called Catalina Cole. Now, as it goes past the sort of the 80s and the 90s, um, from what I know, it got bought out by multiple people. And then eventually um, they didn't kind of uh, continue to be in production. They didn't continue, continue to be made. So um, if you ever, I mean, for example, the one I have, it's so tight on me. It used to fit me really, really nicely. Um, but yeah, it's so tight now. It's crazy. Um, but I will never sell it because it's such an iconic, beautiful piece. Um, the same, I actually <laughs> I actually have a pair of 1950s pin-up mules that are too, like, a, like a size too small, but I can't get rid of them. And they're, they're so old, they're kind of wobbly, but I got them purely to do photo shoots with because they are just so, so stunning. Um, so yeah, I really, uh, I really can't have the heart to wear them outside the house because I'm too worried that they're going to break and get damaged. And the same with my vintage swimsuit. I wouldn't wear it in the sea or anything like that. It is something I keep for photo shoots and to cherish because it's so so old and you know as as every year goes by these vintage vintage items they get harder and harder to find like literally harder and harder and harder to find um so yeah I'm gonna hold on to them with my for my life <laughs> um so yeah I want to go into a little bit about um the kind of how swimwear changed so um in the 1960s that's when um yarns like elastane and things were being made so they a lot of swimwear before that you think of swimwear now as we know it it's waterproof it has chemicals that are put on it it's specifically designed to kind of not go see-through to not absorb too much water um it's just it, it's it's specifically designed for um its purpose um and it that was only something that started really being developed around the 60s and, and later you still can get 60s and 70s swimsuits that are still feel like a jersey knitted fabric um so bearing in mind pre this yarn of like this stretchy fabric that you know made huge advancements within the fashion industry um things were knitted and when i say knitted don't think of like a big chunky hand knitted um sweater um most things on the high street are knitted so i used to be a knitwear designer i have a degree in fashion knitwear um so tights are knitted socks are knitted your boxes or boxes are knitted a lot of laundry can be knitted 
even basic t-shirts are knitted maybe that sounds really obvious to some people but I meet a lot of people that whenever I used to talk about my knitwear degree they'd be like what do you do just sit around hand knitting it's like no actually like <laughs> pretty much everything you're wearing right now is knitted even like sweatpants and gym gear it's knitted so much stuff trainers there are loads of trainers like that people wear they're knitted unless it's a woven fabric like denim or canvas most things are knitted which I think is super cool but I'm a nerd so <laughs> um, but yeah so much stuff's knitted so basically before this um, even though some modern knitwear is knitted it was it, it, when I say knitted it was um, literally out of like yarn like wool some of this scratchy wool and poly like <clears throat> kind of like an old version of a, what a polyester would be now like this kind of a scratchy material it's definitely not a cool fabric it's definitely not something I would enjoy wearing when it's wet um but as I say it's like an art piece and I love it but it, it isn't something that would be comfortable to wear compared to like a modern day swimsuit now um it wouldn't even dry as quickly that's how like old school some of this swimwear is um <clears throat> but I've got some cool little facts I want to share with you so allegedly from my research as I say I'm no historian or anything um but the first bikini was designed by Louis Reard I think I'm saying that right apologies if I'm not um this was named after the bikini atoll islands um, and so, apparently there were nuclear experiments were taking place at this location at the time. And one of the reasons they were called that is because they were um, literally, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Um, they basically knew that the, the bikini and like skimpier swimwear would shock the world. It would shock people. Um, and it was very shocking when these things were being made. It really, people were still like very Victorian in their views you know so it, it was it was shocking so that's why it was named the bikini after those islands where shocking things were happening because they knew it would be shocking but you know so I mean if anyone knows what the Victorian era, era was like it's a whole lot of shame and uh it's a weird time because before that there not necessarily was the same attitude but with uh, many things towards sex and sexuality and stuff and the and the body, you know, showing parts of your body and things. But, um, yeah, they were very, very uh, strict on that kind of thing. So as through the uh, the uh, sort of 19th and 20th century, there was a lot of lot of changes like that going on. Um, so when I also say about the um, Coal of California swimsuit, if you picture people like um, Rita Hayworth, Lauren Bacall, Diana Dawes, Jane Mansfield, even um, like Bridget Bardot, people like that. If you've ever, and if you don't know who they are, oh my God, please go and Google them. They have the most amazing images of them modelling. And do you know what's so great about the vintage photography as well is some of these things, you can see women's dimples and like the fact that they've got like a tummy roll and they like bend over and stuff. It's just, it's so real. It's just, it's just really, really I think it's a lot more positive than uh, this kind of world we live in at the moment where everything needs to be edited and perfect. Um, but yeah, so they're the kind of people that really, really started wearing those kinds of designer Christian Dior Vogue cover style uh, swimwear and fashion, um, which... 
as incredible as they are, they were. St- people have to remember as well, like they, that was still shocking, even though this was years after the bikini had first been sort of made. It was still shocking that people had all their legs out and their arms and their chest and their back with just some straps on it. You know, it was shocking for people. Um, and if you don't know, um, which is the last bit of this podcast, I just want to show you just to show you imagine what it's like for people who grew up in an era where they basically had to wear long johns at the beach in the heat, especially women, um, to then in that era see like for example your children or something wearing these skimpy leopard print bikinis at the beach I mean it's quite a a culture shock for some people as much as I think it's a brilliant thing and a good thing to end stigma around a lot of these things it it was very shocking um in the 18th century if you don't know so you imagine long johns if you don't know what long johns are imagine like a high-waisted thermal that you would wear in winter somewhere really cold they were basically Men would wear things like that. Um, they wouldn't be as tight as long johns. They would be baggier for modesty. Um, so that also when you got wet, things didn't cling and like show or go see-through. Um, and it would be long, long sleeves, high neck, and you're completely covered. You can only really see your ankles, feet, hands, wrists, and your head. That's it. Imagine going swimming in a salty, itchy sea with sand in that. That's what people wore if they had the luxury to go to the beach and have those clothes. Um, whereas women quite often they had to wear, um, a chemise. If you don't know what a chemise is, it's basically like a nighty or like a nightgown. So like a dress that you wear at bed. Um, but it would have been loose. So it would have hung from the neck loosely around the chest. So it didn't cling again, long sleeved, high neck to the floor. Um, so the, basically your, your modesty and decency isn't threatened. You know, you, if, you do go in the water and you get wet. Things don't cling. It just hangs off you. That's really what people would be wearing in the 18th century. Um, and as you go through the 19th century, it was very early on, um, they would introduce, for example, something just below the knee and just to, below the elbow. And then eventually it became more of like a tank top and a long short. And then you can see, you know, especially when you look in the sort of the 50s and the 60s, if you remember any kind of images of men with women in these kind of skimpy bikinis men used to wear almost like mini shorts if you've seen like old elvis presley movies men would wear like these really tiny skimpy little shorts with like almost like crop top vest things um so you know within a space of a, you know a couple of decades it went from everything being long early 19th century everything getting a bit shorter and then bam as soon as you have all these movie stars and the world changing and you know bloody rock and roll this and everyone's kind of there's a lot of movement going on especially after the war um through the 50s and the 60s into the 70s you know you there was a massive change um and that's where a lot of this fashion really kind of um took hold but you imagine what it's like if you've i don't know if anyone's ever heard of a bathing machine and these were something that was still around during the um the victorian era where you would have like um it almost looks like a shed on wheels, <laughs> a bit more glamorous than a shed on wheels, but where you wheel out into the ocean so that women could then open the door on the other side and go into the water. Um, I remember reading somewhere, I can't remember it was, that if you wanted to go in naked, you would have to go out so far and then there was like panels so no one could see you and you would be able to go in the water and like wash or whatever you did. But um, this is, as it's about swimwear, even then... Um, 
if you were on like a public beach or something, you would have had to have um, been covered. That's not to say that this is this worldwide and that everyone did it. It was really common that people would go swimming in lakes and rivers naked and things. Um, but if we're talking about a certain type of society for like the majority of, you know, how bodies were censored and controlled is people covered up. Um, and now you have me in 2022 the summer of 2022, wearing a micro thong bikini, barely covering the nipples and areas that's red and zebra print. So how times have changed. <laughs> I always like throwing in a couple of facts and things and things that I'm interested in about because I sometimes forget because I've done like a degree in fashion and it's always been something I've been interested in, especially the vintage era. I kind of forget that people don't always know this stuff. And I, I don't mean that to sound like pretentious or horrible or anything, but you just kind of forget sometimes that when you're so into something, you other people are like, oh my God, yeah, that's a really good point. In a hundred years, it's gone from this to this. Because obviously not everyone, you know, has the same same hobbies and passions. So there's going to be a hell load of things that you guys probably know about that I don't know anything about. Um, it's the same, I, I have it at work, where I've worked in like different um, like sex shops and erotic boutiques and things, you kind of, I say this to customers often, you know, we get customers that come in and go, oh my God, if you've got a, a bag that isn't branded, because they don't want people knowing that they've been into like an erotic boutique or something, um, when, you know, in actual fact, for, for us, we're so almost from working there you're so numb to kind of those kind of taboo topics because it's so normalized in your everyday life you sometimes forget that these things are shocking to some people and it's exactly the same with my job doing laundry modeling you know I forget for some people being on camera talking about how something fits on their body wearing skimpy clothing is like their worst nightmare um so for me yeah it's just it's really normalized it's really really normalized um and it's one of the reasons I actually love doing this podcast is because I get to just kind of waffle on and talk about things <laughs> that I hope you guys find really interesting to listen to. Um, but I think it's really important that we try and actually continue to like normalise these things and to um, kind of help end the, the stigma and things around these topics um because I don't think it's how I personally don't think it's healthy for anyone to kind of um make some of these things really taboo to the point where people feel shame about their bodies or their sexuality or the clothes they choose to wear or not even just how little they choose to wear but how much they choose to wear their modesty you know it, I definitely think it should be a choice um and I'm glad that we are living in an era where um for the most part where I live particularly um you are able to kind of dress how you want um, without much judgment. It is a bit of a bubble, Brighton, I have to admit. Um, but it is wonderful. You know, you have people who are completely, you know, covered on the beach with their families who just, you know, for re religious reasons or whatever reasons, they, they choose to, to be very modest. Um, and equally so, you have like a nudist beach five minutes down the road, you know. So, yeah. I'm very aware as well in this podcast that I have spoken about a whole lot of different topics. Um, but this is what Laundry Lowdown does. You know, you kind of, you you have these challenges and you do these reviews. And naturally, as a person, I am someone who reflects a lot and I do think about things and question a lot of things. So um, 
it's really nice for me to have this opportunity to kind of do these challenges and then reflect and talk about them at a later date. And hopefully, you know, I can see that they've had a kind of a positive effect on not just myself, but maybe on, on other people, whether it's kind of helping to kind of make people feel a bit better about themselves or to feel good about treating themselves as something that they've always wanted to try, but they've not been sure about. Um, or maybe it's just a topic that we're just discussing um, that kind of, you know, gives you a bit of positive energy or something for the day. Um, I, yeah, I really, really enjoy it. I really, really enjoy it. And to round it up, I genuinely loved doing this seven day swimwear challenge. Um, I would definitely love to do more seven day challenges. I think they're a really fun way to compare things rather than just doing reviews on their own. Um, and I really hope that if you guys listen to this, um, if you go and subscribe, I really hope that you, or if you're already subscribed, obviously, um, I hope that you really do enjoy the seven day challenge. Um, I always welcome feedback as well. If anyone has, and I know I said this in a lot of the podcasts, but if anyone does have a topic they want me to talk about, or there's something that I touched upon that you'd like to know more about, um, I'm always up for having, um, some, you know, some, some feedback so I can improve really. Um, if you don't follow me on social media, um, my handle is, um, at miss two underscores Daisy May. So it's M I W S two underscores D A I S Y M A E. Um, I do have a private Instagram as well. So if you are, um, an art admirer, you may follow that as well. That's in my bio, which is at, uh, Daisy May's boudoir. Boudoir is B O U D I O R. Um, so you're more than welcome to follow those as well. Um, so yeah, guys, I really hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. I've really loved having a, a few facts and a bit of a casual chat about what I did and how I felt when I did it and what I enjoyed and all that kind of stuff. Um, I hope you've really, really enjoyed it too. Um, and wherever you are in the world, whether you're chilling in the evening listening to me talk or getting ready for work or on your lunch break, or maybe you can't sleep in the middle of the night, and you're just thinking, Daisy, what are you talking about? Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. And I hope you sleep well, have a lovely rest of your day, have a lovely morning, evening, whatever it is. Um, I hope you have a wonderful day. And please do come back next month to hear me talk about another exciting topic. So take care, guys, and see you very soon. for listening to us on lingerie lowdown the podcast don't forget that we release a brand new episode every wednesday for you all to enjoy so if you love lingerie as much as we do make sure to catch us same time same place next week don't forget to visit the website lingerielowdown.com forward slash join and use our promo code podcast to get a 10 percent discount off your membership today so if you love lingerie as much as we do Make sure to catch us same time, same place next week. In fact, it's not just lingerie we love to talk about and review. We cover it all from the world of intimates. From lingerie to hosiery, swimwear to sleepwear, kink and bondage, and we even review sex toys. All in the best possible taste, of course. With over 7,000 published reviews online, we're the number one review site, and we're publishing more every day. And don't forget to visit the website lingerielowdown.com forward slash join and use our promo code podcast to get a 10% discount off your membership today.